0: Lots of radio. Good evening once again. This is the Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you to the Crystal Silence League Hour. And we're going to continue our discussion of the legends and myths of the Chalaki, the Cherokee. And tonight we're going to look at some of the history of the Cherokee. And we're also going to look at some of the myths and legends. And uh, just stay with us. Get you a cold drink or a warm drink. And come on back and we'll dive right into our subject tonight. So stay with us. Oh my goodness. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Koyaanisqatsi was a movie made some time ago and um the word Koyaanisqatsi means life out of balance. It's based on uh Navajo tradition and uh Navajo prophecies. And um uh, uh, it's a, it's a very unusual movie with a soundtrack by Philip Glass and um uh, it's a cinematic wonder and I'll I'll tell you there are two types of people who watch Koyaanisqatsi. Those who absolutely love it and those who watch it and say, "What the hell was that?" And uh I always I've I've watched this movie about 50 times and uh people say, "Well, what was that about?" Well, it's about everything. And there are people who watch it and say, "Does anything ever happen in this movie?" And uh uh, actually, everything happens in this movie and uh uh it 's a marvelous movie if you 've never seen it, you should watch it and see which category you fall in uh, I know there are people who fall asleep within ten minutes of this movie, and then there are people who are just utterly devastated emotionally by it it 's a it 's an emotionally devastating movie if you 're a person who have- who has feelings whatsoever it uh it wrecks me the last ten minutes of this movie will just wreck you emotionally and uh, uh, it's one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time uh, but then again 2001 a space odyssey falls in that category too if, if you love 2001 a space odyssey you'll love Koryan Scotty, and it has the Navajo prophecies at the end as well um, and so that's of course the beginning um, of the soundtrack for Koryan Scotty, and it always just sends shivers up my spine So this is the Crystal Silence League, uh, that show that's probably the strangest uh, spiritual corner on the Internet, because I'm one of the strangest characters on the Internet, an eclectic ball of uh, strange knowledge. Ask me anything, and I'll probably have an opinion on it, and we'll talk at length about it. My friends all know this. They know. don't wind me up. Just That's what they'll say. Don't wind him up and point him in a direction um, unless you want to see him toddle off like a pair of those chattering, wind-up teeth. That's that's me. I'm like a black velvet painting come to life. The Crystal Silence League, of course, was founded around 1917 by a chap named Claude Alexander Conlin for the purpose of projecting positive prayer and affirmation to all corners of the world for all those in need via the agency of Crystal Balls. And, of course, we exist in this very day through the agency of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, which brought it back to life around 2009 because, of course, Mr. Conlon, alas, was not immortal. He passed into the silence around 1958, taking the league with him. Now, if you go to the Um, website www.crystalsilenceleague.org you will find we live there in cyberspace and we post prayers. You can post prayers yourself and if you post your prayer there, I may read it aloud on the air which is one of the first things we do at the beginning of the show. Of course, one of the the very first things we do is is read aloud our uh, Crystal of the Week, which is uh, Unakite. Unakite is a form of Jasper. It has lovely pinkish-brown and green mottled texture. It looks a little bit like bloodstone, uh, but it is not bloodstone. And I'll tell you that uh, Unakite has an interesting property. It will help you um, achieve rebirth, not only literally, uh, that is in the death and rebirth process that is often discussed in Buddhism, help you achieve a smooth passage to the bardo, but also in daily life, if you want to transit from one phase of your life into the no- another, this will help you let go of the past and go into the next stage of your life. Therefore, in root work, um, we have a rata passage or a passage called cut and clear to help cut away from the past and clear the way for new love. Unikite is a crystal that helps actualize that process. So occasionally uh, it's time for a spiritual letting go of the past and uplift yourself into a new um, type, uh, a new type of lifestyle. This is a very, very, very good way, a very good crystal for doing that. Carry it with you and et cetera. Now, uh, unikite can be worked with the heart chakra. um uh, and the lower chakra, heart chakra down because it is uh, greenish and brownish and pinkish. So sometimes we're afraid, we feel helpless. We feel ungrounded. uh Unakai's a very good one. You can lay it on your heart chakra. You can rub it on your third eye chakra for insights. Um, you can, uh, place it on the solar plexus chakra, the spleen chakra. Uh, it can be, um, massaged at the base of the spine. Um, it's good for sunset meditations, and um, it is uh, being a form of uh, um, uh jasper, a very hard stone. And I'll tell you that if you want to make an elixir of it, drop it right in the water. Let it bask in the sunlight or the moonlight. My rule of thumb is uh, sunlight for healing, moonlight for magic. Take it from the water, drop a few um, drops of brandy in it. So it won't mold and uh, decant it and rub it on your chakras, uh, rub it on your forehead, use it for magic, etc. So that's uh, Unakite, a very nice little stone. If you'd like to join me in prayer, uh, you can just listen to me as I pray and pray along with me. And if you'd like to use your crystal balls for prayer and projection, by all means do so. And if you like, you can go to crystalsilenceleague.org, www.crystalsilenceleague.org, if you are at your magical smartphone or listening to this on the computer. And if you go to org, you can find your way to the prayer requests and... Pray along with me. I don't read them all out loud because some of them we've read before and some of them are repeated prayers and some of them are multiple prayers, but I will read them aloud. And I always call them out by prayer ID number because we're anonymous in this program, just like a 12 step program. Some of you may not want to be identified by name. And we have some of these that were posted this very day, and I will read these aloud and with no further ado. I will read them now. Prayer ID 76011, who prays for safety and justice. And this person posted anonymously anyway as a survivor and says, Please pray that the abuser who threatened harm and death to me, his boss, boss's daughter, and others... Wow. It's brought to justice by all law enforcement agencies involved in the investigation. Please pray that I am granted an order of protection and kept safe. Please pray for extra safety for me since I am the one who told about his graphic plan to kill Boss's minor daughter when fired. Oh, my goodness. A in the workplace. Please cut off all resources the abuser has and neutralize him fast. Amen. And we have prayer ID 76010, who says, thank you. And greetings to all Crystal League dedicants. I would like to thank you all for praying for my daughter. She was traveling by plane on Friday midnight, the 31st of August, and came back on Monday night, the 3rd of September. Indeed, God's angels of protection were with her all the way. She traveled safely to and from, all to God's glory. From the bottom of my heart, I... Thank you all. I love you, Dedicants. Her boyfriend was also supportive. Going forward, maybe may she be highly motivated to study her books and pass all six modules at the end of the year. Praise God. Amen. Prayer ID 76009, who says, thanks for all your support. I pray for three people a day here, too. Thank you very much for your prayers. I have no family, no home anymore, but I'm grateful. I own my own massage practice. I'm supporting myself and two pets, but spending money on hotel fees and storage fees. Well, that's expensive. Could you pray I get a real home soon so I spend less and save more? I wish a wonderful clientele who can afford to hire me, find me online soon, and refer their friends to me. I'm stressed out and just want to attract the right people to me. Amen. Well, good luck to you, honey. I hope you do find your Yourself and your proper business. May prosperity come to you quickly. Prayer ID 76008. Who says, pray my friend KH is cleansed of all negativity and stress immediately. Bless all who pray. Amen. And prayer ID 76007. I humbly ask for your prayers as I go through another set of testing for my health issue. I need strength to get through and to be strong for my children. I ask you for your prayers to help heal me spiritually and mentally, and I ask for prayers to help heal me physically so I can be here for my family. Bless you. Amen. Prayer ID 76006. I'm asking for at least one person to help me pray for this medical assistant position at Gwinnett Medical Center. Help me claim it. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 76005. I pray for my marriage to become stronger and that we're able to overcome all of our problems and get through them. I pray that he learns from his mistakes of the past. I pray he becomes less defensive with me and knows I'm on his side. I pray that he wants to change and accepts change. I pray that we become intimate again very soon. Amen. Prayer ID 76004. Dear friends, since I asked for your prayers three years ago, our financial situation has been peaceful and secure. In the coming months, though, one of our resources will decrease. I'm determined to replace that money. Please pray that I regain the health and energy I used to uh, use, regain, uh, have so that I can continue to work and expand my business. Amen. And prayer ID 76003. My close friend's daughter is having developmental delays. She's almost four years old, but she does not speak yet, and she has attention problems. She's overweight and does not respond to when spoken to. Please pray that she recovers soon and leads a healthy, normal life. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 76002. I've been working on this for the past year, and I really want it to benefit Santa Rosa. Please provide me with the perfect venue for this event, and may I have the finances and business sense to pull this off as of success. It would literally change my life and benefit my community and I will finally have accomplished something besides having just raised my children, which I know is an amazing gift. But apart from that, this is my career, my contribution to the Lord blesses it. Mode it be. Amen. Prayer ID is triple zero. I want to be loved by all people, men and women, and have many friends who will be true to me. And I want to gain weight and to have likable kids. Amen. Prayer ID 75997, praying that M stays loving. Amen. And prayer ID 75996, dear Jesus, Mother Mary, St. Cadyan, please support me in my successful job interview on Thursday. September 6th, and earn this job with at least a 12% raise, or win a new job that is even better than this one with a significant raise of at least 20%, while allowing me to be successful and easily cheerful at this new job. Let this job be flexible, enjoyable, and stress free. Thank you. Thank you for your aid, dear Saint Katajan, Jesus, and Mother Mary. Amen. One more. Prayer ID 75995. Please pray for the judge to order him to pay all legal fees, support, and to fix my face. He really hurt me. She's a survivor of abuse. Oh, my goodness. I hate guys that do that. Also, may he receive tenfold what he gives out. May it be so. Amen. Let's have a moment. Of silent meditation and prayer for all those in need and support and justice. Amen, good people. Amen. I pop a sweat when I pray. I sure do. Uh, my son, who's a master genealogist and traces our family history, discovered a, um interesting um, double, double river Baptist church established in the 1700s. And uh, my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was a pastor there for 40 years. And it said of him... In history books, he was a powerful exhorter. He he exhorted powerfully, and uh, I try to follow in his blessed footsteps. A a powerful exhorter. Oh my goodness! So being a pastor seems to run in the blood. It was my destiny. It was in my blood. I also had um, a great grand another relative on my mother's side who had a a wretched little Baptist church (laughs) up in the mountains. It was a shack. And uh, But he was a pastor, too, so this preaching biz- business runs in my blood, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, it was inevitable. It was inevitable in my retirement that I would open a church. And by the way, you should go check out the Renovations in Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, the Black Hawk Power Shrine, and the Crystal Silent Shrine. Oh, my goodness, we're really coming along with that. You can find that, some of those, uh, on the Facebook pages. You can find some of that on the uh, AIRR. Uh, website, the wiki pages on that, and our new AISC, Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, wiki pages that we're making uh, individual church pages for. We're very proud of that. We're expanding on a daily basis. We continue to grow so that we can serve you better. All of our churches, of course, perform candle services for you. Uh, All of the churches of the AISC. Uh, our pastors perform candle services for you and prayer services. So uh, we're expanding to serve you even better. We're very excited for that. We're dis- we're discussing the, uh, myths, legends, and spiritual practices of the Chilaki. I, I don't like the word myths, uh, because, um, in this, uh, skeptical society in which we live, we have myth busters. We want to bust myths, myths. We are going to bust them. And, um, uh, and in, in terms of spirituality uh there we don't bust myths these myths myths are not busted. these myths that we talk about in the spirituality are really uh spiritual uh foundations these We don't bust these myths when when we talk about folklore. we are talking about uh ingrained spiritual lessons uh metaphors, and sometimes we're not really talking about things that can be busted. We're talking about, um, sub layers of reality. We're talking about alternate realities. We're talking about dimensional realities. we're not talking about things that t- t- bust. So I, I really don't like this idea of what a myth means. Uh, you know, where, you know, a myth, what myths mean now. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's an alternate meaning of myth, uh, You know, it's a myth that you can make a bow and arrow out of newspaper, for instance. You know, that seems unlikely that you can make a bow and arrow out of newspaper. You know, hunt deer with it. Um, And uh, that show MythBusters, by the way, is about about fifty percent wrong. uh, When they, for instance, they said you can't split an arrow with another arrow. Well, uh, and then then they couldn't do it. So hey, we busted this myth. Well, uh, I'm sorry, but. Howard Hill, who did the trick shooting for Robin Hood, actually did it. And uh, if, you're, if you're an archer, as I am, you often do it by accident. It's It happens with a well-made arrow, which is made of ash wood, which has the grain centered. And these arrows are not cheap. And ash arrows with centered grain are the truest flying arrows that you can either make or buy. They're made by master craftsmen. And unfortunately, when you shoot the arrow in the center, it will split down the middle into splinters and you curse and moan because these arrows cost like $40 or $50 each. And, um, people split their arrows all the time and trick shooters do it all the time. And, you know, Harold, Harold Hill, uh, I think he might even still be alive. He does that a lot and he, he cut the rope, uh, in the movie he did all the trick shooting in the Errol Flynn Robin Hood movie. So, you know, this myth busting thing, it's just, you know, it's crap, but we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the Chilaki, the Cherokee. And what we know is that the the definite history of the Cherokee begins around the year 1540 to 1550, as far as Western civilization concerns. And they were, they were well-established in what we know of as America. Um, and they were, um, in the mountains of uh, the Carolinas and uh, around Georgia and the earliest Spanish adventurers, um, um, uh, in spite of what we learned in school, failed to penetrate very far into the interior. And, um, uh, we know that the very, the first entry into the Cherokee country was by De Soto, and he advanced up the Savannah on his, uh, fruitless quest for gold. And, uh, we know that in May of 1540, uh, De Soto first encountered the Cherokee. So, at a, a town that the Spanish called uh, Cofita Chiqui, uh, which, an important Indian town um, on the lower savannah governed by a queen, as they described her, uh, the Spaniards came upon hatchets and other objects made of copper, but some of this copper was of a finer color and appeared to be mixed with gold. Uh, they didn't have any means of testing it, and uh, modern anthropologists think it was probably gold, py- uh, iron pyrite rather than actual gold, because th- there was never any uh, great quantities of Cherokee gold ever found. Um, so, uh, upon making inquiries, which means they probably beat the hell out of some of the natives, um, they were told that the metal had come from an interior mountain province called uh, Chisca, but uh, this country was described as thinly populated and, uh, the way to it was not, uh, accessible by horseback. So, um, sometime previously, while DeSoto's men was advancing through Eastern Georgia, they'd, uh, they'd heard of a legends and rumor of a rich and a prosperous province called Copa toward the Northwest. And, uh, the people of uh chofida Chiki that were they were told now that uh, a place called uh Chiha, which w- was the nearest town of the Copa province was only about twelve days inland now uh De Soto's men and animals were uh starving exhausted, and worn out from this travel and uh the local uh Indian population either couldn't or wouldn't furnish provisions for them so um De Soto decided not to attempt that passage of the mountains then, but push on at once to this uh, rumored place called Copa. He's going to rest and recuperate there and then push on to this uh, further exploration. So in the meantime, he also hoped to obtain further intelligence concerning these uh, rumored mines where this uh, copper and other soft metals, possibly gold, uh, could be obtained. Now, the chief purpose of this expedition became the discovery of these uh, fabulous gold mines. Uh, many of the officers uh, advised him and said this change of plan would be a mistake. And they favored staying where they were until the new crop of corn and um, other food would be ripened, then go directly to the mountains. But DeSoto was uh, described in the journal where this information was taken as a stern man and a few words. So very few of the uh, men were liable to oppose him. So the province of of, uh, Copa was the territory of the Creek Indians. Um, And um, uh, Chihaw was identical with um, the principal Creek towns on the Chattahoochee river. And, uh, Sofia de Chiqui may have been the capital of the Uchi Indians, which no longer exist. So the outrageous conduct of the Spaniards, who were drunken perverts basically, had so angered the Indian queen that she now refused to furnish guides and carriers at this point. Um, whereupon uh, de Soto took her prisoner um, with the idea that he was going to um, make her act as a guide herself. And at the same time, use her as a hostage to command the obedience of all of her subjects, which ranged all up and down the savannah and the region. Instead, (laughs) however, uh, of uh, conducting Spaniards by the direct trail toward the west, uh, she led them all over the place, uh, far out of their course, uh, all around the mountains— on a wild goose chase until she fi- ma- finally managed to make her escape, leaving them scattered all up in the mountains um, until they could find their way out of the mountains as best they could. Uh, we'll come back to that in a few minutes because there's more to the story. So departing uh, from uh, uh they turned first toward the north and they passed through several towns and outposts uh, who uh, paid uh, homage to the queen And even though she was a prisoner, uh, all the Indians everywhere showed her great respect and obedience, and they furnished whatever assistance uh, the Spaniards asked in her name. Um, However, they also seem to have um, followed uh, some uh, sub-Rosa orders from her to only give them minimal assistance and uh, gave her lots of intelligence uh, concerning uh, their activities. So in a few days, they came to a province called uh, Chalake, the territory of the Cherokee Indians, uh, upon the banks of the Chiowe River uh, in the eastern headstreams of the savannah. So it's described in the journals of DeSoto's men as the poorest country for corn they'd yet seen. Um, uh, the inhabitants subsisting on wild roots and herbs and on game, which they killed with bows and arrows, um, the people themselves seemed to be uh, naked, lean, and warlike. Um, the country abounded, though, in wild turkeys, which the people gave uh, 700 to the Spaniards. Uh, the chief also gave De Soto two deer skins, and uh, uh, one of De Soto's men, whose name was uh, Garcilaso, who wrote on the authority um, of an old soldier uh, says that the Chalakes deserted their towns on the approach of the white men and fled to the mountains, leaving behind only old men and women and some who were nearly blind. Now, although it was too early for the new crop, um, some authorities seem to think that the poverty of the people may have been, uh, a deception because they didn't want to give away any of their stored up provisions to the unwelcome strangers. And, uh, so the Spaniards were in need of corn for themselves and their horses. They didn't stay but moved on. Uh, I believe that there was some uh, support for this because uh, friends of mine, uh, like my friend Cyrus Bigshield, said that uh, Indians do not eat turkeys uh, very much. And uh, in uh, De Soto's Travels, for instance, uh, later on, uh, there was a small town later on where they were – uh, welcome in a friendly manner and the Indians gave them a very small uh, little amount of corn and many wild turkeys uh, together with some small dogs of a uh, small species which were bred for eating purposes and didn't bark and they were supplied with some men to help carry their baggage this was a town called uh, uh, Wakili which uh, has a Cherokee sound and, um, and um, the, the small dog is very interesting because it was said that while they gave some of these food dogs to the Spaniards, none of the locals ate them. Um, it, it's believed among Indians, uh, Native Americans, that you take on the characteristics of the animal you eat. Uh, and my friend Cyrus and other Native Americans um, have told me that turkeys were believed to be, and in Cyrus's words, flatless birds, And they were slow and stupid. And if you ate them, you were slow and stupid too. You know, you fell asleep, and that's true. If you eat turkey, you know, you you fall asleep. Tryptophan, and so that the uh, the natives didn't eat them, and so they were basically giving De Soto's men trash birds that they they wouldn't eat. It was like you know, we don't eat these things, and that's what the small dogs were. They bred for food, or were they bred for bait? Were they were these dogs that? you know, no, we don't eat these things, you know, they're dogs, they wallow in their own filth. we don't eat these, but, you know, you guys go ahead and eat them, you know, was it a sign of contempt, were these dogs that they put out for bait, you know, for predators, uh, you know, to bait, um, you know, that, that, they didn't bark, you know, they wouldn't bark, they weren't guard dogs, they were, you know, small dogs, uh, uh, you know, possibly, uh, some type of, um uh, wild dog that was put out for bait to trap larger uh, game. So they were basically giving them a small amount of actual food and then trash food. You know, stuff that they, that beneath humans to eat. This was something to throw out there and think about. So uh, DeSoto and his ragtag group of uh, men were traveling toward the north. They arrived at a province of uh, uh, Chala uh, where the uh, uh, Chirwal Indians lived and this is uh, <clears throat> uh, about where the broad river is in North Carolina. <clears throat> so uh, Garchilaso represents it as a rich country um, even though it was a, a, a rough rough country <clears throat> and um, according to the uh, it was under the rule of the queen of uh, Kalficha Chiki, although a distinct province in itself. So uh, this queen had a widespreading uh, uh, territory, even though uh, it, it's kind of like what we have today. There were uh, kings, queens, uh, dukes, senators, etc. Um, so the chief received them in a friendly fashion, giving them some corn, some of the dog, food dogs. Um, and uh, a few people to help them uh, carry their burdens. So uh, De Soto turned to the west. He crossed a very high mountain range, uh, which most likely was the Blue Ridge Mountain, and he descended on the other side. Remember, the queen is leading him in circles, uh, leading him all over the place, um, nowhere near where he wanted to go, which are these uh, fabulous gold caves. So by now it's late May, uh, it's very cold in the mountains. Which, uh, if you know the Smoky Mountains, you got to go pretty high in the altitude to get uh, cold weather in May. Um, so she she just led him straight up, straight up, you know, like Klingman's Dome, <laughs> and way up. Uh, the chief and the principal men came out some distance to welcome them, dressed in fine robes of skin, feather headdresses, etc. Uh, now, at this point, the queen uh, managed to make her escape together with three slaves that belonged to the Spaniards. And the last that was heard of her, she's on her way back to her own country with one of the runaways as her husband. Uh, so one she, uh, escaped with three slaves, uh, and one of the Spaniards as her husband. So, uh, what grieved to the most in the matter was that she robbed him of a small box of pearls, um, uh, which she had, uh, Intended to take from her before releasing her, but he let her carry it around uh, uh, with the promises that he would give it to her as a present in order not to discontent her altogether. So he said, "Yeah, at the end of this, I'll give you this box of pearls as a present, you know, for your uh, for your troubles." But he had intended to steal it back from her, and she stole it from him. Uh, so uh, that was uh, the tale of uh, De Soto, who uh, in school was represented as this noble. Um, gentleman explorer who was really just kind of a spanish dumbass who was uh, led in circles um, so um we go we go further with de soto's uh, um, adventures going all up and down the Chattahoochee River in search of this cherokee gold um eventually now and again the Cherokees come out and give them mulberries uh, um they uh had various, uh, agreed by various tribes, the Cherokees and the Creeks. Um, uh, basically they would have starved to death if left on their own, except for the kindness of various villages. Um, they, uh, made their way to Columbus, Georgia. Um, and, and, uh, after with his subsequent wanderings after crossing the Chattahoochee into Alabama and beyond, we needn't concern ourselves. That's a matter of history. And did he ever find gold? No. Uh, but while resting at uh, Chiaja, DeSoto met with a chief who confirmed uh, what they'd already heard uh, concerning mines in the province of Chisco, saying that there was a melting of copper and of another metal of about the same color but softer, so they never bothered with it because you couldn't make weapons of it or tools of any kind. And uh, this province was uh, was north from Chiaja, uh somewhere in upper Georgia. Um, uh, somewhere in Upper Georgia, maybe it was in Alabama or Tennessee. Although, um, through all of which, uh, uh, you know, native copper is found. The other mineral, which the Spanish Spaniards uh, um, believed to be gold, um, turned out, uh, as we know now, is uh, iron pyrite. Um, although there's some evidence that the uh, Indians did occasionally find small nuggets of gold, and you can in the rivers find. In, in fact, in Georgia, uh, what caused the forced removal of the Trail of Tears was that in Georgia, uh, an Indian boy found a small nugget of gold about the size of a quarter, and uh, they said, there's gold. And that was one of the precipitating events uh, of the Trail of Tears was this whole legend, that there's Cher- that, that persistent legend that there's Cherokee gold hidden. Uh, to this day, people go up in the mountains trying to find the mystery of the Cherokee gold. Um, and uh, um, so basically, there's a lot of iron pyrite and uh, very little bit of gold. Um, so um, now there's good copper mines uh, there's a few copper mines. you can still find copper mines around and uh, um, a little bit of silver and um, you don't find any uh, attempts to penetrate the Cherokee country for 26 years or so after DeSoto about until not until 1561. Um, and uh, when they uh, take possession of uh, St. Helena near uh, near South Carolina, then the French make an attempt and um, um, then a few others. So, um, this is why you find a, a, a smattering of uh, of uh, French blood among the Melungeons and uh, a few other Native Americans there. Let's stop for a minute for station identification, and we'll come back with some more interesting um, I sure hope, uh, tales of uh, tales of the Cherokee Nation. Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condrum Ollie Sundays, 3 to 4.30 The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain Tuesdays, 5 to 6 and The Witch, the Priestess and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lafay, Fridays, 6 to 7 all-time specific at three hours for Eastern sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Well, we're back. Let's talk a little bit. Let's find some, um, Let's find some uh, mythological tales, why, don't we? And um, I guess what I'd like to start with uh, a story, The Origin of Disease and Medicine. And this is a, a very old story about how disease and medicine entered the world. And it, the way it goes, it in the old days, um, when uh, everything... Had a voice. The the birds, the beasts, the fishes, the insects, and plants—they could all talk. And and all of these uh, various kingdoms and the people lived together in peace and friendship. Um, as time went on, though, the people increased so rapidly that their villages and settlements spread over the whole earth, and the animals found themselves beginning to be cramped for room. As if this weren't bad enough, people invented bows and knives and blowguns and spears and hooks and other weapons of destruction. And they began to slaughter the larger animals and the birds and the fishes so they could eat their flesh and wear their skins. And the smaller animals, such as frogs and worms, were crushed and trodden underfoot without any kind of thought, just out of pure carelessness or even sometimes contempt contempt and maliciousness. So the council of animals got together and they resolved to uh, consult and plan measures for their common safety. So the bears were the first to meet in council in their t- townhouse under the mountain, which is known as the Mulberry Place, and the old white bear chief was in charge of this meeting. He presided, and after each of the bears in turn made their complaints and stated their cases of the way in which men killed their friends and ate their flesh and used their skins for his own purposes, it was decided to wage war at once against mankind. So one of the bears asked, what kind of weapons man used to do all this? And uh, all the bears said, well, bows and arrows, of course. They all said this, in course. And what are these made of? The old white bear asked. Well, the bow is made of wood, and the string is made of our very own entrails, replied one of the bears. So then a proposal was brought to the table that they make a bow and some arrows themselves and see if they could use the very same weapons against man himself. So one bear got a nice piece of locust wood, and another sacrificed himself for the good of his friends in order to furnish a piece of his entrails for the string. But when everything was ready and the first bear stepped up to make the trial, it was found that in letting the arrow fly after drawing back the bow, his long claws caught the string and spoiled the shot. This was an inconvenience. But one of the other bears suggested that they might trim his claws, which was accordingly done. And on a second trial, it was found that this arrow flew true and hit the mark. But now here the chief, the old white bear, objected. He said, no, 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 no. He said, this is necessary. They should have long claws in order to be able to climb trees. He said, once one of us already died to furnish the bowstring, and if we now cut off our claws, we'll all starve. It's better to trust to the teeth and claws that nature gave us, for it's plain that man's weapons were not intended for us. So they thought and thought and thought, and they couldn't think of a better plan. So the old chief dismissed the council and the bears dispersed to the woods and thickets without having come up with any way to prevent the increase of the human race. So had the result of the council been otherwise, humankind would now be at war with the bears, but as it is, the hunter doesn't even ask the bear's pardon when he kills one. So the deer next held a council under the chief, the little deer, and after some talk decided to send rheumatism to every hunter who should kill one of them unless he first took care to ask their pardon for the offense. So they sent notice of their decision to the nearest settlement of Indians and told them at the same time what to do when necessary for them to kill one of the deer tribe. So now, whenever the hunter shoots a deer, the little deer, who is swift as the wind and cannot be wounded, runs quickly up to the spot and bending over the bloodstains, asks the spirit of the deer, if it has heard the prayer of the hunter for pardon, And the little deer, of course, is the archetypal deer spirit. And if the reply is yes, all's well. And the little deer goes on his way, but if the reply is no, he follows on the trail of the hunter, guided by the drops of blood on the ground, until he arrives at his cabin in the settlement, when the little deer enters invisibly and strikes the hunter with rheumatism, so that the hunter becomes at once a helpless cripple with rheumatism in every joint. So no hunter who has regard for his health ever fails to ask pardon of the deer for killing it. Although some hunters who have not learned this valuable lesson and who does not know the formulaic prayer may try to turn aside the little deer from his pursuit by building a fire behind them in the trail. But As we know, you can't fool nature. Next came the fishes and reptiles who had their own complaints against man. They held their council together and determined to make their victims dream of snakes twining about them in slimy folds and blowing foul breath in their faces. Or to make them dream of eating raw or decaying fish so they'd lose their appetite, that they'd get sick and maybe even die. This is why people dream about snakes and fish. And finally, the birds, insects, and smaller animals came together for the same purpose, and the grubworm was chief of the council. It was decided that each in turn should give an opinion, and then they would vote on the question as to whether or not man was guilty. Seven votes should be enough to condemn him. One after another denounced man's cruelty and indifference and injustice toward the other animals, and they voted in favor of his death. And the frog spoke first, saying, We have to do something to check the increase of the race, or people will become so numerous that we'll just be crowded from the earth altogether. See how they've kicked me about because I'm ugly, as they say, until my back is covered with sores. And here he showed the spots on his skin. So next came the bird. No one remembers now which one it was. uh, Who condemned man? Because he burns my feet off, meaning the way in which the hunter barbecues birds by impaling them on a stick and sets it over the fire so that their feathers and tender feet are scorched off others followed in the same voice the ground squirrel alone ventured to say a good word for man who seldom heard him because he was so small but this made the others angry that they fell upon the ground squirrel and tore him with their claws and the stripes are on his back to this very day so they begin to devise and scheme and name so many new diseases one after another that they had had not their invention at last failed them, no one of the human race would be able to survive. So the grubworm grew constantly more pleased as the name of each disease was called off until at last they reached the end of their list when somebody, and nobody remembers who it was, proposed to make menstruation sometimes fatal to women. On this he rose up in his place and cried, "'Thanks!' I'm glad glad some more of them will die for they're getting so thick that they tread on me. The thought fairly made him shake with joy so that he fell over backward and could not get on his feet again, but he had to wriggle off on his back. And so the grub worm has done this ever since. And then the plants had their say. And the plants were friendly to man, and they heard what had been done by the animals. They determined to defeat the animals' evil designs, so each tree, shrub, and herb down even to the grasses and mosses, agreed to furnish a cure for some one of the diseases named, and each said, I shall appear to help man when he calls upon me in his need. Every plant formed a conditional cure for every disease that the animals came up with. And this is how medicine came about, and this is how the plants, every one of which has its use if we only know it, Furnish the remedy to counteract the evil wrought by the revengeful animals. Even weeds were made for some good purpose, which we must find out for ourselves. And when the doctor does not know what medicine to use for a sick man, the spirit of the plants will tell him. Now I would like to tell you about, if I can find it, Let's look at some let's look at some horror stories um, I would like to t- let's talk about this a long time ago, a man had a dog which began to go down to the river every day and look at the water and howl. At last, the man was angry and scolded the dog at which he spoke to him and said, "Very soon this is the dog talking now. very soon there is going to be a great freshet." a great rush of water and the water will come so high that everybody will be drowned. But if you will make a raft to get upon when the rain comes so you can be saved, but you must, I'm really sorry about this folks. Uh, But you must first throw me into the water. The man did not believe it. And the dog said, if you want a sign that I speak the truth, look at the back of my neck. He looked and saw that the dog's neck had the skin worn off so that the bones stuck out. Then he believed the dog and began to build a raft. Soon the rain came, and he took his family, with plenty of provisions, and they all got upon it. It rained for a long time, and the water rose until the mountains were covered, and all the people in the world were drowned. Then the rain stopped, and the waters went down again, until at last it was safe to come off the raft. Now there were no one alive but the man and his family, but one day they heard a shout of dancing and shouting on the other side of the ridge. The man climbed to the top and looked over. Everything was still, but all along the valley he saw great piles of bones of the people who had been drowned, and then he knew that the ghosts had been dancing. Isn't that crazy that the, um, that the uh, story of uh, the flood and Noah's Ark <laughs> is repeated in the, uh, in the Cherokees? Isn't that just crazy? And that's a very good one. Um, I wanted to read you... Um, This story that is uh, called uh, The Rabbit and the Tar Wolf. Once upon, once there was such a long spell of dry weather that there were no more water in the creeks and springs, and the animals held a council to see what to do about it, they decided to dig a well, and all agreed to help except the rabbit, who you know is the trickster among the Cherokee, who was a lazy fellow, and he said, I don't need to dig for water, the dew on the grass isn't enough for me. The others weren't very impressed by this, but they went to work together and dug their well. They noticed that the rabbit kept sleek and lively, although the weather was still dry and the water was getting low in the well. So they said, that that tricky rascal rabbit must be stealing our water at night. So they made a wolf of pine gum and tar and set it up by the well to scare the thief. Okay, so that night the rabbit came as he'd been doing every night, of course, to drink enough water from the well to last him all the next day. So he saw this very strange-looking black thing by the well and said, well, who's there? But the tar wolf didn't say anything, so he came closer, and the wolf didn't move. So he grew braver and said, get out of my way or I'll I'll hit you. So the wolf never moved, and the rabbit came up and struck it with his paw. But the tar held his foot, and he stuck fast. Now he was really mad. He said, let me go, or I'll kick you. Still, the wolf said nothing. Then the rabbit struck again with his hind foot, so hard it was caught in the gum and the tar, and he couldn't move. And there he stuck until the animal came for water in the morning. They found the rabbit at this point, both feet, both both hands, his head, his ears, everything stuck in the tar. And they found him. Uh and they had a lot of fun making fun of him and mocking him for a while. And then they got ready to kill him, but he begged and pleaded and promised uh, everything. And he would never do it again. And of course, as soon as they unfastened him from the tar wolf, he managed to get away. And that's the story that you have heard in many different varieties. And, um, as you probably have figured out, um, this is the story of the tar baby. And, um, it originated among my ancestors. I want to tell you about, we only have about three minutes. I hope I have enough time to tell you this terrible story, um, which according to some people actually, um, Oh, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Um, Actually exists to this very day, according to some people. Um, la 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 la, the great leech. The great leech. The great leech. The great leech. Gosh, this may have to wait because I know it was right here. Um, the great leech. The great leech. The Great Leech, the Great Leech. Oh, the Great Leech, where are you? Um, Well, if I can't find that, I'll tell you about the Raven Mocker. Um, There's a lot of Cherokee wizards, and of all the Cherokee wizards or witches, the most fearsome one is called the Raven Mocker, who's the one that robs the dying man of life, now, they could be either male or female, and there's no way to know one, but they usually look withered and old because they've added so many lives to their own. So at night, when someone is sick or dying, and the raven mocker goes to the place to take their life. The raven mocker will fly through the air in fiery shape with the arms outstretched like wings, and with sparks trailing behind in a rushing sound like the noise of a strong wind, and every little while as he flies he makes a cry like the cry of a raven when it dives in the air and those who hear are afraid because they know that some man's life will soon go out and so when the raven mocker comes to the house he finds others of his kind waiting there and unless there's a doctor on guard who knows how to drive them away they go inside all invisible and frighten and torment the sick man until they kill him and sometimes to do this they'll even lift him from the bed and throw him on the floor but his friends who are with him think he's only struggling for breath And so after these witches kill him, they take out his heart and eat it, and so add to their own lives as many days or years as they have taken from him. Uh, No one in the room can see him, and there's no, no scar where they take out the heart, but there's no heart left in the body. So only one who has the right medicine can recognize a raven mocker, and if such a man stays in the room with a sick person, these witches are afraid to come in. And they retreat as soon as they see him because when one of them is recognized in his right shape, he'll die within seven days. Come back next week. More stories. And we'll do it. Love you guys. Thanks for sticking with us for 154 episodes of the Crystal Silence League show. Talk to you later.